Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Tuesday, October 1st. In today's news, President Trump ramps up his attacks on the whistleblower. Rudy Giuliani won't say if he'll comply with subpoenas. And Mitch McConnell says the Senate will have no choice but to take up impeachment if the House acts. But first, the big idea. Attorney General Bill Barr has held private meetings overseas with foreign intelligence officials seeking their help in a Justice Department inquiry that Trump hopes will discredit U.S. intelligence agencies' examination of possible connections between Russia and members of the Trump campaign during the 2016 election. It's a huge story. Barr's personal involvement has stoked criticism from Democrats pursuing impeachment that he is helping the Trump administration use executive branch powers to augment investigations aimed primarily at the president's adversaries. But the high-level Justice Department focus on intelligence operatives' conduct is likely to cheer Trump, for whom investigate the investigators has become a rallying cry. Barr has voiced his own concerns, telling lawmakers in April that he believes, quote, spying did occur when it came to the U.S. investigation of the Trump campaign. The direct involvement of the nation's top law enforcement officer shows the priority Barr places on the investigation being conducted by John Durham, the U.S. attorney in Connecticut, who Barr assigned the sensitive task of reviewing U.S. intelligence work surrounding the 2016 election and its aftermath. Current and former intelligence and law enforcement officials are expressing frustration and alarm that the head of the Justice Department is taking such a direct role in re-examining what they view as conspiracy theories and baseless allegations of misconduct. Barr has already made overtures to British intelligence officials, and last week the Attorney General traveled to Italy, where he and Durham met senior Italian government officials, and Barr asked the Italians to assist Durham. Several sources told my colleagues Devlin Barrett, Shane Harris, and Matt Zapatosky, who broke the story last night. The Trump administration has made similar requests of Australia. In a recent phone call, Trump urged Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison to provide assistance to the ongoing DOJ inquiry. That call to the Aussies was first reported by the New York Times, but we have confirmed it independently. Barr's spokeswoman and a White House spokesman say Trump made that request at Barr's urging. They say it was proper. Trump still complains frequently that those involved in the investigation of his campaign should be charged with crimes. Barr's direct involvement also helps explain part of that controversial July phone call between Trump and Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky. The rough transcript of the call released last week shows Trump wanted the Ukrainians to talk with Barr. Barr separately met this summer with British officials in London to discuss the Durham probe. According to one U.S. official familiar with the matter, in those conversations, Barr expressed a belief that the U.S. investigation of Russian interference in the 2016 election stemmed from some kind of corrupt origin. It's not clear what Barr thought was amiss, but he expressed a suspicion that information had been improperly gathered overseas about people connected with Trump and that the British may have assisted those efforts. It's hard to overstate how much these conversations with foreign counterparts have raised concerns among nonpartisan career professionals across the intelligence community that Barr is seeking to substantiate conspiracy theories raised by some on the political right in order to defend Trump 
and help him get re-elected. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. It's all impeachment all the time. Number one, Trump ramped up his public and personal attacks yesterday against the still unknown whistleblower, saying he's working hard to find out who it is. And he again questioned the person's loyalty to our country. Legal analysts fear that the whistleblower may receive little protection, and they're especially worried about what they consider witness intimidation by the president. Federal laws offer only limited protection for those in the intelligence community who report wrongdoing, even when they follow all the rules for doing so. Trump and his allies might face few, if any, consequences for outing the whistleblower or otherwise upending this person's career. Whistleblower attorney Bradley Moss says that if Trump wants to destroy this person's life, there's not a lot to stop him right now. While the acting director of national intelligence, Joe McGuire, told lawmakers last week that the whistleblower acted in good faith and should be protected, Trump continues to say the opposite. Yesterday, he called him a fraud on Twitter. The intelligence community inspector general deemed the whistleblower's complaint credible, despite the person conceding much of the information was learned secondhand from sources in the White House. The inspector general's office also disputed an allegation which Trump has seized on and repeated several times in the last 48 hours that the rules for whistleblower complaints were recently changed to allow secondhand information to be passed on. That assertion by Trump is based on false reporting by a conservative news outlet website, really, called The Federalist. The law never had such a requirement. And we're getting word that there is another whistleblower inside the Internal Revenue Service. House Democrats are exploring whether to release that person's allegations. The complaint apparently raises serious allegations about, quote, inappropriate efforts to influence the audit of Trump himself and his real estate businesses. Number two, three House committee chairmen subpoenaed Rudy Giuliani, the president's personal attorney and fixer, demanding all records pertaining to his contacts with Ukraine and related to the Biden family. The chairman of the three committees, Adam Schiff of Intelligence, Elliot Engel of Foreign Affairs, and Elijah Cummings of Oversight, cited a growing public record of information in accusing Giuliani of appearing, quote, to have pressed the Ukrainian government to pursue two politically motivated investigations. The first is related to undermining the case against former Trump campaign chairman Paul Manafort, and the second relates to Joe and Hunter Biden. The subpoenas set a deadline for Giuliani of October 15th. In a text message, Giuliani confirms that he received the subpoena but won't say if he'll comply. He says he may try to invoke attorney, client, or other privilege, which could be executive privilege. On Sean Hannity's Fox show last night, Giuliani said he's weighing the alternatives. Number three, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell says he would have no choice but to take impeachment up if the House advances it. McConnell says he's bound by existing Senate rules governing the impeachment and conviction process, putting to rest days of speculation that he could simply ignore the specter of putting Trump on trial. The Republican from Kentucky has given few public clues as to how he would proceed. He's up for re-election next year, and Trump's far more popular than him in his own state, so he has an incentive to tie himself closely to the president. But McConnell says he's bound by a 1986 memorandum written by the then-Senate parliamentarian, which concluded that the chamber would need to commence a trial the day after the House passed articles of impeachment. Two-thirds of senators would need to vote to convict and remove Trump if he's impeached. That's 
very unlikely, and it remains so despite the latest revelations. Senior GOP officials have raised the prospect that Senate Republicans could simply move to dismiss any articles of impeachment, a procedural maneuver that failed during Bill Clinton's impeachment trial in January 1999, but would have a far likelier chance of succeeding now that Republicans control the Senate. Back then, former Senator Robert Byrd offered the dismissal motion that would have effectively ended Clinton's Senate trial. But Republicans, who controlled the chamber then, too, they was just a Democratic president, they voted it down on a 56 to 44 vote. One Democrat joined him. Should Republicans try this tactic now, at least four Republican senators would need to align with all 47 Democratic senators to keep the impeachment trial alive. If he were to take this route, McConnell would most likely let the proceedings play out for some period of time to give the trial an air of legitimacy. Clinton's impeachment trial opened on January 8th, and the vote to dismiss the charges didn't come until January 27th, for example. The majority leader alluded to the timing issue in an interview with CNBC yesterday, noting that while his hand is forced on the actual trial proceedings, quote, how long you're on it is a whole different matter. On the other hand, Republicans tell us that should House Democrats turn this impeachment proceeding into a sharply partisan endeavor, it would be easier to shorten the process once it reached the Senate. And that's The Daily 202 for Tuesday, October 1st. Thanks for listening. I'm James Hellman. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.